This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. There's a legend around here. A killer buried, but not dead. A curse on Crystal Lake. A death curse. Jason Voorhees curse. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. They say he died as a boy, but he keeps coming back. To listen to the 80s Revisited podcast mm-hmm. on his birthday, on a Friday the 13th, <gasps> which is not right now for us, but quite possibly for you. Yeah, we might run into it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if our track record lately has been anything to... Yeah, East Coast for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome back, everybody. I, of course, am your host, the not-so-silent Trey Harris. With me, as always, the hockey mask to my disfigured, horrible, undead face, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And, of course, uh, you might come back like, oh, ready for the next round of the death match. But no, it's a holiday, mm-hmm. a big holiday. Not the man in the red suit with the white beard, but the man in the dead suit with the hockey mask. Yes. Friday the 13th. Every Friday the 13th, we are covering a Friday the 13th film. And we only got one left after this one in the 80s, because then the series went on and jumped ship to the 1990s. So so this is a farewell. Well, there's Jason uh, Takes Manhattan. You got that uh, one on the next Friday the 13th, which... Like two two Friday the 13th ago, I listed the, uh, the dates for them, so I don't remember when the next one is. But nevertheless, I like to be here talking about Friday the 13th because it's one of my favorite franchises. Mm-hmm. And it's quintessential 80s horror, which is all about, this podcast is all about, especially the 80s part, but also the horror part because horror is pretty full. But anyway, Friday the 13th, part seven of the New Blood opened. May 13th, a Friday, 1988. Uh, IMDb gave it a 5.3. Rotten Tomatoes, 32%. Critics, 37% audience. So people really didn't like this one. Uh, And to this day, it's pretty uh, divisive, even among uh, fans of the series as well. 2.8 million estimated budget opened at 8.2, so it made its money back, almost four times its budget back in the opening weekend. Uh, domestically went on the gross 19.1, so it still made a shit ton of money. It's still a profitable series. Now, it didn't make the numbers that some of the previous installments had, because uh, last, uh, said, almost said last week, uh, but last Friday the 13th that we covered, part six, was the first one that had the downward trend in terms of it didn't make as much as its predecessor. Hmm. So, basically, at this point, the series financially peaked at five. So, which is still, again, speaking of divisive entries in the series, Probably none are more divisive than part five. But anyway, I uh, couldn't find any information on worldwide or rentals, but uh, and it had to make several million more in the rentals uh, on top of the uh, 19.1, but nevertheless couldn't find any information. Uh, it was directed by the late, and as far as uh, special effects go, great, uh, John Carl Buechler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Directing-wise, he also did the original Troll, not the more appreciated Troll 2 uh, because of its... Well, you just have to watch it. Right. You <laughs> also directed For the stellar acting. Exactly. They're eating her, and now they're <laughs> then they're going to eat me. Oh just, my god! Yeah. The, just <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you know what we're talking about. But anyway, he also directed three episodes of Land of Lost, and not too much else of note. However, he is a well, well-established uh, special effects 
Uh, guru might be a good word to use, uh, but he had passed away last year. We have mentioned him several times on the podcast. He's done some effects for several movies that we've covered. Uh, but he did the effects uh, for Hatchet, also starring Kane Hodder from this one, who uh, Kane Hodder is Jason because of John Carl Buechler. He saw him in a movie that he did before this one called Prison. And the story goes that in prison, Kane had ate some worms for the role or whatever. And that impressed John Carl Buechler. Oh, you ate worms, you could be Jason Voorhees. Oh, that's all it Because then worms will eat you, and then you become, you know, because you're undead. Uh, but he did, uh, like I said, did special effects for Hatchet, Ghoulies, Garbage Pail Kids, a movie which I hate to mention because it sucks, but also Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and Halloween 4. So he has done the effects for all three of the major 80s horror franchises and Hatchet, which was, uh, you know, definitely a modern-day throwback to those uh, slashers of yore. So, uh Rest in peace. You did a good. You did a good job, my friend. Uh, it was written by Daryl Haney and Man, uh, Manuel Fidello. Nothing else of note. Uh, I wonder why. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, cinematography was by Paul Elliott. Elliott. He also did uh, Nine Seven Six Evil and My Girl Two. So, really, not much of note there either, to be honest. And the cinematography is it isn't bad in this film, but it's basic for what it is. There's nothing. Nothing unique about it. Like, you know, some of the other entries had some really interesting cinematography, some great stuff, uh, moments, I should say. This one, nah, I mean, this, this one's all about the effects. I mean, we'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, starring the lovely, I think, not so much in this film, but she aged like a fine wine, Laura Park Lincoln as Tina. She was also in House 2, my favorite in that series, and one, episode's of, one episode of Freddy's Nightmares. Uh, so she kind of crossed over with Freddy and Jason. And keep that dynamic in mind, because although this isn't Freddy versus Jason, that's very important to uh, the genesis of this film. Hmm. Uh, Kevin, go back to, go, uh, to the movie, because I think I, I typed his name wrong here. Kevin Blake. No, it is Spiritus. Okay, but on the credits it said Blake or something. Okay. I did it? Yeah, on the credits of the film that we were literally just watching. Let's, Let's double check. Lark Park Lincoln, which we mentioned. Yeah. And then Kevin Blair. Okay. He got married. <laughs> well, okay. Well, that that's a that, in fact that is a completely random ass segue into a section into something about this film that will interrupt our you know who start who the who part of the who what when where and why because uh, this film's also considered Fry Gay the Thirteenth. Oh. And the reason that is is because a lot of the cast was gay. Oh. Now, of course, that has no effect on the film or anything like that. So you actually could be right. Started his career as a stage actor on Broadway. Eh, just saying. There, there is a parallel there. There's a parallel. <laughs> that, you, know, it, you could call it a stereotype, but sure. it's, it's, it's... Oh, here we go. His birth name was Kevin Blair Spiritus, so he basically went as Kevin Blair and then... Uh, he okay. decided to use yeah, his... Son of Arnold Spiritus. So oh, yes. Not the, uh, through marriage. That guy. Okay, never mind. It could have been. Still made a good for a good segue. But yeah. his father also got married to a guy. Spiritus. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what it is? Yeah, right. But yeah, this film is... Uh, Spiritus. It's not Spiritus. like Nightmare 2 to where it has Commander blatantly Keen. gay overtones or subtext. I should, you know, the most blatant subtext that's completely obvious. Not so much here, but uh, I get that information for this one uh, from... Uh, Hello, Nicholas. Yeah. Uh, from uh, the incredible documentary on the series, Crystal Lake Memories. It's like a six-hour, eight-hour documentary, something like that, but it is fantastic. If you love 80s horror, if you like the franchise, uh, 
the, the cool thing is Friday, uh, Friday, the Friday series has one, Crystal Lake Memories, and then the Nightmare series has one with Never Sleep Again that covers every movie. Everybody from all the actors, all the main people are there, interviews, so it's... It, it's a, it, both of those documentaries are exhausting. I wish we had one on uh, the entire Halloween series at that level, but nothing yet. So maybe one day. So that would be great. But anyway, continue on with the cast because we'll be oh, what uh, Kevin Spiritus or Kevin Blair, depending on which one you want to call him. Right. Uh, he was Nick, but he's also I know him because I've told the story before when I when I worked with my parents uh, while I was going to school uh, college. Uh, we our office was in the back of the house, so at lunchtime we would just walk to the house and we'd just have lunch. You know, we'd sit, watch TV, and eat lunch. Yep. And during the middle of the day, the only thing on television in that day and age was soap operas. Hmm. So I was very schooled and knowledgeable of Days of Our Lives and Bold and the Beautiful. Which the second I saw this dude show his face on Days of Our Lives, I'm like, what's the dude from Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven? So he was on there for a good long time. He was also on, uh, he did some bit parts, uh, nothing, you know, really major or starring in aside from this for the most part. At least that's well known, et cetera, et cetera. But not a bad actor, I'd say. I mean, he's definitely a soap opera caliber actor, much like uh, Rowdy Abilene, uh, Ron Moss from uh, that Arctic to Hawaii. But anyway, uh, probably the most notable person that starred in this film is Terry Kaiser. And most people do not know him from this film, but know him from a, unfortunately not a trilogy, or thankfully not a trilogy, a duology of Weekend at Bernie's. He was Bernie. So uh, he got famous literally pretty much doing nothing. Just of course. Being a puppet. That took a lot of work. Yeah. So that worked for him. Uh, but of course, uh, Weekend at Bernie's one and two. Tons and tons of television. And speaking of te- the television that Terry Kaiser did, he did an episode of Hardcastle and McCormick. Longtime fans of the podcast know why I mentioned that. Uh, Susan Blue was Amanda Shepard. She's probably the second well known, but nobody knows who she is, actress in this film. Uh, lovely older lady, but she is a. He- she is a major, major voice actress. She's on everything from uh, she was R, uh, not RC. Wait, yeah, it was RC in Transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, OG, she was an OG Ghostbuster, GI Joe, Visionaries, Brave Star, Jim, Ducktales. She's done everything. She is sort of a female. Uh, oh, what's his name? Peter. The guy did uh, Megatron, and I'm drawing a blank on his name for some reason. Anyway, that dude. Yeah, that dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of his name for some reason. Uh, very, very. Uh, not prolific is the wrong word. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? But in demand, I mean, she's been in a ton of shit, basically. Peter Cullen, that's his name. <laughs> okay, I was getting there. And I got, I'm just thinking, like, I, know, I can beat him. I can beat the internet. I can, <laughs> I can beat it searching. I can find it. Uh, but uh, William Butler was Michael. He was also in Night of the Living Dead 1990, the uh, Tom Savini directed remake, which is, we, if you listen to this podcast, you know how I feel about remakes. The Night of the Living Dead 1990 remake is a pretty good remake. It doesn't have as much social commentary as the original, but it's a great effects film for uh, the time because it's directed by Tom Savini, and Tom Savini's a god, you know, you know, not considered the godfather of gore, but he's, he's definitely a pioneer of practical effects. Uh, he was also in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 and The Ginger Dead Man 3. So <laughs> William Butler was in, you know, he was in a Friday movie film, he was in a chainsaw film, and, you know, a living, uh, of the dead film. So. He got some uh, horror cred to his uh, credit, too. Uh, Stacey Greason was Jane. I only mentioned her because she also was in Days of Our Lives. Yeah. An alumni. Right. 
Uh, John Ochran was John Shepard, uh, uncredited in this film, but he uh, bring him up because he was he he played in some decent stuff. Uh, Waterworld, Maverick, and Welcome Back, Cotter. And rhyming with Cotter, you have Hotter, Kane Hotter. This is his first outing, his first appearance, so to speak, to use comic book terms, as Jason Voorhees. Uh, he would reprise the role more than any other actor, reprising him in 8, 9, and 10. Uh, he also became the icon, uh, the main character in the Hatchet series, Victor Crowley. And he also, I mean, he's been in Wishmaster as himself, well, not as himself, but, you know, out of makeup. Uh, one of the most famous horror icons living today, I'd say, would be Kane Hodder. Absolutely. So, uh, and then Walt Gorney is the narrator that opens this film and opened the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I did not know this, though, I was researching this, was that that's Crazy Ralph from Friday 1 and 2. You're doomed. You're all doomed. <laughs> that guy. So if you remember the series, uh, if you go back, that's him doing the narration on this. So he actually appeared in three of them. Oh. So I did not know that literally until this film. And if I did hear it in the past, as in the documentary I mentioned earlier, I didn't fucking remember it. <laughs> so that was interesting. But yeah, Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. This is one. This is a USA special. I believe Eraserhead was in the 80s, Nicholas. Responded to some comments on the streams oh, if you're listening. Nope, never mind. Pretty close. Yeah, we're uh, responding on twitch.tv slash 80s Revisited. You can come over here and talk you know, to us live as well. I was thinking of Elephant Man, David Lynch's, and that's an 80s film. That's Lynch's 80s film, but it's also in black and white, much like Eraserhead. Mm-hmm. Not as disturbing as Eraserhead, but... Mm-hmm. It's when we can cover when we when we finally get to Lynch, which yeah. will be a little while because we got it already got the next few weeks lined out. But anyway, uh, this Friday Thirteenth Part Seven, and I believe I said on this podcast when we had our Halloween horror when we did the threes, the trilogies, uh, or you know the main, the big three: Friday, Nightmare, and Halloween. The threes of each of those in that month, uh, and one of the the, uh, the Back to the Future segment that for those was always like I ranked the best and the worst of the franchise. And I want to say, I didn't go back to verify it, but I think I said in that one that seven, other than the first one, this one was actually my favorite. Uh, and since then, I've rewatched all of these multiple, many more times, et cetera, et cetera. I don't still think that. However, I think this one has the best looking Jason, some of, you know, pound for pound or kill for kill, the best kills in the series. So that's, that's, that's what led me to that conclusion earlier. Uh, in the series, uh, or in the uh, podcast, I should say, episodes. But it's, you know, Seven's definitely, you know, in hindsight, it's still, it's one I can put on anytime and be completely, at, you know, content with watching it. Let's mm-hmm. watch a Friday movie. Someone puts on Seven, I'm not going to complain. I wouldn't complain if you put on practically any of them, except maybe Jason Goes to Hell, simply because Jason's not in it that much. And if you want to, if somebody says, let's put on a Friday movie or a Jason movie, let's at least put on one. That's got some Jason in it, aside yeah. from the beginning and the end. Uh, not talking bad about Jason, uh, Jason Goes to Hell, because that's a divisive one in the franchise as well, but I ain't going to say I hate it. <laughs> but that'll be for 90s Revisited, because it doesn't happen in the 80s. Excuse me, but yeah, have you ever seen Part 7? Uh, no, you can safely say I haven't. <laughs> Your dad pirating all that pirate pirating pioneer never I got know. never went this franchise. No, mostly uh, parts ones and twos. <laughs> I don't, hey, well, that's traditionally that tends to be the best. So yeah. there's no complaints, uh, no argument there. But uh, yeah, this was one again. This is a USA late night weekend special. If, if there was a Friday the Thirteenth that you know coming up, like. If we still had, if I still had cable, if USA is still even a channel on cable, because I have no clue, they're probably showing this film tomorrow night. 
Yeah. This was one. I guess it was one of the cheaper ones they had the rights to. Networks did because they always show this one. Uh, and pretty much one, two in this one, from my memory, were the ones I would see all the time as a kid on TV. So this one, I saw this one seven before I saw probably four or five, well, maybe four and six, maybe, because those really weren't on television too much. Hmm. You know, because being born in 80 and growing up practically literally with these films, because the first one came out in 80, you know, obviously I'm not one years old, one year old sitting there in the theater <laughs> like, ooh, ooh. You know, so, uh, and of course, it's not like today, like my daughter is blessed. She's going to get to watch everything in appropriate order. <laughs> so when, you know, she won't know that Jason's not the killer or like she won't know in Friday the 13th Part 2 what the hell's going to happen. She'll have no clue. You know, <laughs> can you give her 80s raising? Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How old are you? You're four. Let's see what came out in 84. Ooh, Ghostbusters. Let's watch <laughs> Ghostbusters. Well, let's say it's 2019. So if you treat this year as 1979, <laughs> just pick it up whenever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Works for me. Yeah. No, Easy to remember. Because, uh, I mean, and then back then, too, like, you know, it's not like today to where if if I was a kid today, I could easily go to uh, YouTube, although not for the part seven, but uh, most films you can find for free on the Internet and kids these days know how to do that. Most streaming services. Uh, well, I know for October, like between Hulu and Netflix, all the Fridays were on there. So, I mean, you know, there's mm-hmm. ways to watch things appropriately as opposed to I've told the story before with Halloween. One had to pretty much. You know, I didn't see that one for years after seeing part two every single Halloween for five or six because USA would play it back to back every year, every Halloween. But anyway, part seven, uh, this one was interesting because they it, they wanted this one to be Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. They This was the first one, I want to say, done by New Line Cinema. They had the rights. They wanted to do it. So that was kind of the thing. However... Red tape, you know, ah, we don't want to do, you know, one person says no, fucks up everything. Yeah. So we can't fight Freddy. Carrie. No. No. <laughs> but that's what they end up with. Basically, this one was Jason versus Carrie. Oh, okay. uh, Oh, thank you, Nicholas. Have a good one. Catch the oh, rest yeah. of it on here or YouTube or yep, thanks for following. To the podcast. We'll talk to you next time. But anyway, uh, so yeah, it's basically Jason versus Carrie, uh, which. And th- that's the reason this this entry gets a lot of shit, because it's it, it, it series when when you get this far into them, it's a double edged sword for whatever you're gonna do. For example, Force Awakens comes out. I loved it. Is it similar in plot, in structure, and plot technically to A New Hope? Yeah. Right. Don't give a shit. I had a good time. This is also that's also the seventh, ninth if you count the Ewok movies, and you know who knows what number it is if you count all the other shit in terms of the Star Wars Christmas canon. special. Yeah, <laughs> they keep it timely. <laughs> uh, you know, so but I mean, this is a series. This is a slasher series. So I appreciate that they tried to do something new with it. Mm-hmm. Is it the was it the best place to go? Better than space. <laughs> Better than Manhattan. It's been tested, you know. So, but uh, but I mean, that's why I like you. Know, oh, that's so stupid. First of all, you're watching a movie where there's blatantly this place that if you go to, <laughs> you are going to get murdered. Right. No matter what. No matter what, people still go back, and you know, I mean, it's their seventh time going back. Yeah. You. I mean, that's the thing. When when you go in to see uh, anything that's part five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, as this series is, you have to have the expectation. First of all, you have to know why you're going to see it. 
Mm -hmm. And 90% of the people, I would hope, that watch these movies still to this day, such as myself and a lot of other people, because the series is probably more popular right now than it has been in, since Freddy vs. Jason, to be honest with you, with the game and uh, just that resurgence of culture. And the remake of this film obviously brought the uh, a few years ago. I think that, well, actually, I think that was 10 years ago now. Uh, brought it back to the public eye. Uh, and every Friday the 13th, what is Facebook littered with? Memes. Right. Oh, it's Friday. Hey, Mike, what day is it? Friday, Friday, Friday. Yeah. Or if it's if there's a Thursday, if there's a Friday the twelfth, Facebook is still littered with memes. It's sad, Jason. Like, oh, it's Friday the twelfth, not the thirteenth. They'll work. They'll work a uh, Baby Yoda in there somehow. Yeah. So eventually, <laughs> eventually, <laughs> somehow. But you know, it's like if your complaint. I understand if you don't. I understand people that don't like these films, but. I also, I also, the plot is ludicrous, but also we're talking about a, a court, you know, what is the, what is the formula for every single one of these? Every single Halloween, every single nightmare practice. Oh, you think they're dead. Just like Scream said it best. Here, this is the part where the killer comes back for one last scare. Blah. No, not in my movie, you know, which it's meta. It works, but that, that is the trope of the genre. That's why we watch these movies. That's why we love them. I don't go to see this movie to see how they're going to like, oh, I hope these very interesting teenagers you know, have a story arc and a moral and a morality tale and all this. No, I want to watch Jason kill these assholes yeah. in funny and unique ways, you know. Sounds morbid, but I mean, that, that that's the fun of these films. So if, if, if this film would have been panned had it been just Jason chose back up, yeah, there's a sludge and a Jason Voorhees and he just kills people like normal. They didn't do anything different. Well, every single time a film does something different, they should have just kept it like it was because this is stupid. Yeah. That, but but jump in the time machine, Wild Stallions. If you watch the <laughs> thing, I'm actually I'm wearing my Wild Stallion shirt. So uh, you know, they, if they had they done it differently, it's more of the same bullshit. Yeah. So you know, and and again, I understand if you don't like it because you, you wanted something a little more traditional. Well, you know, this is part seven, and you know, part five, like we talked about uh, a couple times ago. Actually, not earlier this year because of our schedule. <laughs> And how things tended to work out with the number of Friday the 13th this year. You know, it's like five, you know, they they killed Jason in four. He's done. Oh, we think Jason's back. We don't know what's going on. It's kind of a murder mystery, much like the first one. But it's not Jason. Hmm. Okay, so now, okay, now they know Jason Liz, part six, has to be Jason. That one's tongue-in-cheek and meta. Didn't make as much as part five at the box office. But at least in, in this one, and part eight, part nine, part ten, they did something different. Even Abbott and Costello had to meet Frankenstein and then the Wolfman and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the Nate when you're when you're you're everything eventually is going to run out of ideas. Which is why you. That's why, and especially again, this is part seven. This is 1988. First one came out in 1980. Within eight years, you got seven sequels. There's only one, two years in the 80s that did not have a Friday the 13th. And I don't remember them offhand, but I said them on a previous episode, so go listen to it for that fact, or just Google it. Uh, but anyway, so to me, when people like, oh, that plot is stupid. Nate, is there a Friday the 13th that doesn't? Have a stupid plot. I mean, if, yeah. if, if that's your reason, that's all I'm saying. Again, I understand if you don't like it. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of Friday the 13th fans hate everything after four because or five because that's zombie Jason. You know, uh, some people are B.J. 
BJ <laughs> before, or, or excuse me, BZJ before Zombie Jason and AZJ after Zombie Jason. Can't we all just get along? They're all fucking ridiculous and fun and, and just a damn good time. But again, that's just my poor little opinion here. Cranky old, nearly 40 year old man. Cranky old man. Who grew up on these films and, and loves them for what they are, not what people think they should be. These aren't, this isn't meant to be a piece of cinema. Uh, this isn't Scorsese does not like these things. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not films. But more people like these. I mean, these are these are lauded, cherished films for how ridiculous they are. That's the charm of it to me. You know. So when people are like, oh, it's, it's just stupid because he's fighting you know a telekinetic character. That's stupid, dude. He got reanimated by a lightning bolt. <laughs> he threw a dude's face at a tree and it left a smiley face on the tree. That was, you know, I mean, and I like part six. That's one, that's probably my favorite in hindsight because of, you know, it knew what it was. And I think, you know, the Child's Play series is not one of my favorite series. I still enjoy them. Oh, I, I, you know, I, I never saw Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky until much later because I just didn't care for that series. After one and two, like, okay. Three, like, ah, this, is, this is just dumb with the doll. My opinion at that point, in hindsight, I love them. But when I go, went back and watched Bride of Chucky, like, this film knew exactly what it was. It did not try to pretend to be something that it wasn't. It knew, like, this is this is ridiculous. It's We're campy. Gonna, yeah. We, <laughs> so that we embrace it, and it worked. It was fantastic. That's probably my favorite Child's Play film. Again, if you <laughs> if you disagree, that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because that's your opinion. Uh, but anyway, getting back to thir- uh, Friday the 13th and keeping it there. And getting, sorry, Ben, I'm getting off my rant. Although it wasn't, that wasn't a CG rant. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, so this one, uh, you basically have a spousal abuser beating his wife. The daughter runs out, you know, because her mom's being beaten, not for the first time, by her dad. I'm like, oh, honey, I'm sorry. She goes out on the lake, and then she's... You know, any time you know, ever since Scanners and the original Carrie, whenever somebody's doing something with their mind, snaps into their wide open eyes and they're shaking because they're doing something with their mind. Right. You know, and all oh, the dock collapses and oh, it killed them in the shortest in the puddle of water. You know, he, he gets he gets trapped under the dock on the bank and they can't find his river, his body. Although they show it sink right there <laughs> again. Just poking fun at, nitpicking. It's it, again, it's silly. Just let it happen. <laughs> just go with it, man. Just go with it, dude. And uh, so anyway, then you know, so she's traumatized by that, but she has these mental powers. So that's setting it up to where she comes back years later after all the Tommy Jarvis drama on Crystal Lake. And uh, so then she's like, oh, for some reason she gets the idea. I'm gonna go out there to that lake and resurrect my father with my psychic powers. <laughs> Well, technically, honestly, that's not why she, she goes there and she feels a presence in the lake. Oh, it must be my dad because I basically murdered him here. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. You know, snap, zoom, eye shaking, concentrating. Oh, it's not your dad. It's Jason Voorhees. Pops up, dramatic fashion, great moment. And she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> now all the nice people she just met next door are getting slaughtered. Although they're not, none of them, all of them are nice because you have a stereotypical character. In terms of the Breakfast Club, basically lit next door, right. the worst version of the Breakfast Club. Exactly. So, and of course, <laughs> chaos ensues. Uh, fun, hilarious, hilarious chaos. You get the sleeping bag kill, uh, 
which is, I think, in our ranking of the, when we did part three, where we ranked the kills in the films, or whichever one we did that in, uh, was like my number two after Jason X with the, not liquid metal, uh, liquid nitrogen, that one. Uh, but anyway, so again, Jason supposedly defeated. However, we know that's not the case because this franchise is as resilient as Jason Voorhees, <laughs> at least still at this point, because they're still eight, nine, ten. Favorite Jason. So four more to go in total, not counting the remake. Five more if you want to count the remake. Uh, so it's a you know, like I said, the series is as re- these slasher series are, and to this day are still. Basically resilient. What was the highest grossing horror movie last year? Bloomhouse's Halloween. Mm-hmm. They're making not one, two back-to-back. They're Lord of the rings and it. They're doing two <laughs> back-to-the-back sequels of the series because it made a shit ton of money. Yeah. That is why. They're not doing it because, you know, oh, this is fantastic. What a great yes. story you have here. Four they're hours doing a piece. It. Yeah, they're Director's doing cut. it because it made over $200 million or something, highest rank, uh, grossing slasher of all time. Uh Halloween, which I'm glad it's my boy Mike, but nevertheless, uh, you know, and again, Friday the 13th is still popular today, literally, because it's Friday the 13th, most likely when you're listening to this, and in, on the East Coast, as Jesse was saying, mm-hmm. and in many other parts of the world, and our, our friend Ben is probably already the 14th, All right. the horrible Saturday the 14th, <laughs> skip that day, <laughs> but uh, I forgot where I was going with that, but anyway, so yeah, bottom line is, I've, I thoroughly enjoy this film. It is a, it's fun. It's got some great kills. You got Kane Hodder as Jason, and that's another thing. People, people just hate Kane. Like you got, you have these people that we know. Everybody, everybody in their group of friends has those people that are different. Everybody likes Star Wars. Star Wars is stupid. It's just stupid. Right. I don't get it. You know, and in 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 our circle, I'm not the biggest Legend of Zelda fan. I don't get why people love that series. Like I played Breath of the Wild, great game. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I'm just like that's the I, only one I've played. I'm just like I could be doing this in Horizon Zero Dawn, and it's a lot more <laughs> fun and entertaining. Right. I could be doing this in Shadow, not uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and having a lot more fun. <laughs> me personally, I know you you disagree with me on that. I believe from what we we're talking about, you know, again, just so I, so. I love the, I like the Zelda series, but it's like oh, it's fantastic. Oh, the Breath of the Wild is the best game I played in like ten years. If you played Skyrim on right. every single every single thing that can play games except your iPhone, practically, it's got me to buy that game like four times. Yeah, I think. I'm like I'm about to go on vacation uh, for Christmas. I'm like maybe I should just get Skyrim for the Switch so I can play it. Well, you can always get Blades for the mobile. I just didn't get into that. Like I don't like the swipe. I don't, swi- I don't like swiping I know. games like that. Like I didn't try it. I downloaded it and played the first few, like just that first room just to see the graphics. Yeah, looks pretty Same. impressive. That's all. I was like, I don't like. I don't want to swipe. But yeah, the moving was an issue. I don't like. Like, come on. I don't like Fruit Ninja. Like this, I don't. Right. I, don't like, I don't like combat like that. But anyway, you know. So uh, there's everybody. Ha- you know, everybody knows that one person who's just. Although it's different for me because I'm not saying that to be different. I like. I, I genuinely do not think Zelda's God's gift to gaming. Crucify me now, everybody. Just not my cup of tea. I think there's better games. Now, is it innovative and amazing? Yes, absolutely. Give it all that credit. But game of the year, Breath of the Wild, like, oh, really? Because it's Zelda. Because it's Zelda. That's why I got game of the year. Oh, look, my weapons are breaking like games from 2001. That part, that part was rough. Oh, look, I have to do all this like in games from 1992. So, 
these old tropes creeping into a modern game make it a good game again? Like, I don't know. Just again, just my two cents. This is yeah. this is gaming talk <laughs> with the old codger, the 40-year-old old man. That's right. But anyway, uh, part seven, going back to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but what I was getting at was like, a lot of people just don't like this film because they don't like Kane Hodder's Jason because he, he, uh, he breathes. Like, he's like, <sighs> I mean, you don't hear him breathing, but he's like, he's like know, a wrestler. Yeah, he's got that motion to him. That's stupid. Why is he doing that? Okay, you don't like it. That's fine. But, I mean, there's a reason they asked him back, not once, not twice, but four times. And mm-hmm. there was a huge uproar in the fan base when he wasn't cast in Freddy versus Jason. Because in that story, some people blame Ronnie, the director. Other people blame other people. Some people say Kane wanted more money, et cetera, et cetera. Nobody knows. There's a different story every day of the week on that. But, you know, as a fan of these films growing up, I wanted to see Kane Hodder's Jason versus Robert England's Freddy. Yeah. Now, of course, we didn't get that, but in my opinion, to warping to 2000 or the aughts revisited, we still got a, we still got the fan service movie that we wanted for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, to wrap that up in a bow, but you know, the but to me, like in every film up until this, Jason looks like he just walked out of a costuming trailer. Nice in part six, he got the nice military fatigues, got his belt, got his darts, got his. Freshly, you know, le- uh, yellow leather gloves from Home Depot. And four, uh, two, three, and four, he's got his wood stuff that he's obviously, you know, while he's been living in the woods and all this stuff, they look pretty nice and steam, not no wrinkles or anything. You know, some little, you know, blatantly placed dirt patches and stuff. But in this one, Jason looks like he just, he's been in a lake for 10 years and just got out of it. Yeah. Uh, the deep, the, 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 you know, and again, a credit to John Carl Buechler, like his talent as a special effects artist. Uh, when one of my favorite looks for Jason in this one is when, like, they show him from the back, his spine's exposed, and you, but you got the tattered clothes. So I mean, it just it just looks cool as hell. Mm. Uh, they have every single piece of damage that he's sustained in the franchise represented on him. Right, got the axe wound. <laughs> the mask is all chipped up on this side from the boat motor from part six. You know, so he's got he's the he's got the battle damage. And this one, for the most part, the entire time, I've said this before, what makes this one this is the version of Jason that always scared me. Because as we're watching here on the bottom of the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, right right there, you never see the eyes. Right. They're black, you know, they, they got this whatever over them to where like you might see a little glimpse of them, but you never see them. It's that hollowness. There's nothing behind there. It's evil. It's the shape, to quote Halloween, you know, to use the Halloween reference. Uh, and actually, what we're watching here, Kane Hodder nearly died on that stump because this, the last step that he hit his head on was the last fake step. So two more inches that way, he would hit a real step. And I mean, it's a pretty nice stunt. Right. That would not—you can't say if somebody would have died or not, but it would have been bad. He, right. I mean, that would have been a pretty significant head injury. He's not wearing a helmet. He's wearing foam latex, which— not so, yeah, that, that's not very good. I think they would have made more fake steps. Yeah. Well, they made like, you know, so many of them and, you know, he, you know, as a, your role as a stuntman is to hit your mark, so to speak, you know, like, yeah. all right, you need to jump through the window this way. We need to land here. You know, you got to roll this way where we don't see your face, which they never told there, there's a good shot of like his back, you know, you got the exposed bones and everything. Uh, you know, and what I was getting at was about to make a joke about face off because how every stuntman looks right at the camera for every stunt in that film. So the next time you watch Face Off, be sure to just notice that it's never Nicolas Cage or John Travolta. 
<laughs> I hate Face Off. Like, <laughs> I just don't like. Like I Makeup loved it when show? it came out. I loved it when it came out. I just hate that movie. Like, and I can't watch it now. It's so bad. Why, John? Why? Uh, then he went on to do Mission Impossible Two and screw that franchise over, or so we thought. But that franchise bounced back like Jason Voorhees from a lampshade to the face. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So personally, this one seven. Again, like in hindsight, I, I've had I have gone on record before saying this was my second favorite after the original. You know, in terms of like my favorite one to watch. You know, I'm, I'm, I wasn't wrong in saying that. But you're, as you watch more things, you're and as you get older, as you, all you youngins will realize, <laughs> your opinions change sometimes. You lean towards more or towards other things. So this is definitely still one of visually, uh, effects wise, still a high point for the series. I'd say Jason looks the best. I'd say better than problem. Just running through his look in every film, probably better than he does in any of them. Personal opinion: a lot of people like you know they thought he looked his militaristic movements in six were great. Some people think, uh, oh, I don't forgot his goddamn name from part four, the stunt man, Ted White. Yeah, Ted White. They like you know people like him. You know the way he moved as Jason and all that. You know, but uh, I grew up on these uh, seven, eight, and nine. Were the or basically seven and eight were the main ones that I grew up on. These were these were the two that I was old enough when we go to the theater. I'm gonna go to the bathroom, mom. Walk out of Willow, stick my head in Friday Thirteenth Part Seven for a little bit, get freaked out, and run back to Willow or you know whatever movie we're watching. Use the bathroom in there. Yeah, just sweat myself because I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) You know that kind of thing. You know, so he what you know, and and that that is a no matter what people say. There, there is a factor to the first time you see something, like, uh, like for example, uh, the first time I ever heard the music or saw a fan of the opera was uh, the touring company here in New or-, or that came to New Orleans. Yeah. So that version to me, when I think back about it, oh, that was the best. Like, I'm still comparing every time I hear a version of any of the songs from Fan of the Opera to like that perform like that thought in my head like how I how that first thing moved me and like maybe like oh this is amazing this is fantastic yeah i didn't like know like broadway musicals had such good music etc cetera, etc cetera. not of all of them do but a lot of them have some good stuff i don't like steven Sodheim. uh but anyway this broadway talk this week we're going to talk about uh, into the woods talk yeah talk <laughs> get out of here ma we're talking broadway <laughs> I'll get my socks later. That was improv theater as well. We're multiple shows tonight. But anyway, you know, so, but what I'm getting at is that like, even like when the movie came out with Gerard Butler and all that, I'm still like, this is good. I, I like this, but all oh, that, that first version I saw was so much better. The, the way he moved and like just the acting and everything. Right. Just like indelible, indelibly left a mark on me. That's true for anything. If for, you know, that's not always, it's not always true that your first, version of something is the best to you but there's always that somewhat bias i believe you have to get over for things um like my like every one of these films has been remade you have a remake of halloween friday and nightmare some younger people might have seen those first like oh yeah that remake is way better than the original yeah nostalgia no yeah (laughs) i mean and it works both ways, of course. But you know, as when you when you think objectively about something, these remakes are garbage yeah. compared to. But also, I mean, and my evidence for that is to look at the thing, look at the recent Child's Play, look at I Love You Dead nineteen ninety, which you mentioned earlier. You have there are ways to make remakes that are not meant to cash in. 
Mm-hmm. I'd say the Friday the 13th and the Nightmare on Elm Street and the Texas Chainsaw were definitely meant to do that. I think there was some skill in the Texas one. You know, I won't be too hard on that one for its time. Uh, but like, and I know, wait, Trey didn't mention Rob Zombie's Halloween. Because I believe, you know, the difference there is that Rob Zombie wanted to do something different. Total credit to him for that. Did I like it? No. Yeah. No. Now, we're not reviewing that movie again. We're not, we've talked about that every time we bring something up about Rob, Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie or is a topic of conversation you know, every week. But uh, for the most part, <laughs> welcome to the Yeah, Rob, Yeah, Zombie, yes. Yeah podcast. Yeah. But anyway, uh, you know, so, but like a. Anyway, so yes, this was like one of the most. This was the most uh, impressionable of the Fridays, as I as a young person for me. Mm-hmm. So naturally, yeah, like oh yeah, well that's why you lean to it. Well, a little bit, absolutely, that does play a part in. It, is all I'm getting at. But also objectively, looking back at every one of them, when you, especially when you've seen them as many times as I have, uh, you know, it's just like okay, yeah, I, I I see why I like this. I I understand it. I'm thinking about. And I think what makes people good people to talk about movies, not saying that I am a good person to talk about movies about, I've just seen a lot of them and I talk really fast. I'm excited about them. So that, I hope that comes across because that seems, that seems what some people like and some people don't like based on the reviews of the podcast. Uh, but anyway, what I'm getting at is that, you know, it's like if you, as long as somebody can explain to me why they like or don't like something, as opposed to just, it's just stupid. All right. It was dumb. I didn't get it. That was, I don't know. It was just, I just didn't like it. Wasn't made for you. Yeah, you know like, what, uh, that. That's fine, but like, well, I didn't like the way that you know I, this aspect of it really threw me off. Like, oh, okay. Now, as a person who enjoys watching movies and enjoys making movies and talking about movies, I love. That's the part that you know is. Fu- that's why you have your friends who you talk about movies with because there's some people on Shark Line. I don't mention what movies I saw because I don't know they're not gonna give a shit. Right. The Back to the Feature segment is my top 10 films that I've seen so far, 2019, because it's our last episode of 2019. Because I'm going on vacation, that's why. <laughs> uh, finally, after two years. <laughs> Taking the baby, but that's a, I'll give you all a brief one. Oh, that's not a vacation. If we make it a, no. <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> going to visit my, my parents the baby sightseeing. So my mom's like, oh, I'll watch the baby and y'all can go. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm, well, you better not be bullshitting me because <laughs> here. Yep. Bye. <laughs> you know, sound effect turn. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, so um, uh, completely trained, completely just derailed. What was that Liam Neeson movie with the train? Non- derailed. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. Was it nonstop? Was the, the Liam Neeson on a plane? <laughs> what was the one? It was, it was the same damn plot as every other Liam Neeson on a movie. You're listening to the podcast right now. Shout it out and we might hear you. I heard something. Yeah, it was something. It sounded, it sounded, it sounded like, like uh, oh my God, he made a lot of movies. Um, <laughs> commuter. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Neeson on a train. The Commuter. <sighs> God. Anyway. Uh, Taking on a train. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's made a good movie since The Gray. <laughs> the I'm Gray, just, 2011. So now in terms of now when so I say Battleship is good when that he start like that he was like the star like the top build he, he was bad top in Lego Movie oh shit I forgot about that <laughs> he's a fourteen three yeah he was Again, uh, I love Liam Neeson oh right. wait no a monster call oh, monster calls was fantastic he was the monster yeah 
Yeah, so he was. He, he, I don't say that. I don't know if he was top build or not. I think what's her name from Rogue One might have been top build, but I mean, he, was, he was still definitely a big character. So I take it back. But uh, if you haven't seen the Monster Calls, fantastic film. He's you should definitely watch it. on the cover. Oh, he's the and. And you got to put Neeson. that in your contract. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Like, it, it's so funny because you see some movies that be like, you know, uh, Robert, De- Rob, or yeah, or more than, <laughs> or you know, they'll do Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Al Pacino yeah. with Sean Connery, and then they, they do the and, with between and, ands, and. so it's and Al Pacino with Sean Connery and Morgan Freeman yeah. with Kevin Costner yeah. and. Uh, Tim Robbins. I don't, I'm running out of actors I can think of really quickly that would That's have a lot of contract. stipulations. You know, but uh, anyway, I can't remember where I was going with that tangent, but I'm sure it'll come back to me. But I'm sure you get the point of it from what I've been saying, yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> Nevertheless, there's some interesting trivia behind this film. Uh, and a lot of these you might have heard before because they're on the documentaries and all that. So if you heard it before, who gives a shit? You never heard me say it. Maybe I'll add some tangents in there that'll make you excited. Who knows? But a uh, funny story, uh, Kane Hodder's dressing room was a quarter mile down the dirt road from where they were filming in Alabama. That's right. Right down the road from us down That's here in the South. Outside uh, of Mobile, Alabama. And he was walking uh, back to his trailer and some, you know, yokel local was uh, there and like, hey, you in the movie? He's in full makeup, by the way. So, you know, I'm sure that, you in the movie? Yeah. You in the film they filming up the road? What gave it away? <laughs> well, Kane Hodder and Jason Voorhees fashion just looks at the dude and then like jumps at him and the dude runs away saying, I'm going to get the sheriff. I'm going to get the sheriff. Sheriff never showed up. Of course not. Exactly. Because <laughs> right. I don't care. But uh, Carrie Noonan, who played Paula and Jason Lives, the previous entry in the franchise, she actually read for the role of Tina when it was uh, these films, they kept them secret, you know, most films still do that. They don't tell you when you're coming in to read. If it's a franchise, they don't say like, hey, why don't you come and read for Doctor Strange 2 or Avengers 18. Right. It's like, uh, this film's called Board Game. We want you to read for it. Uh, it so for this one, it's called Birthday Bash was the code name mm-hmm. for the film. Uh, but she, as she was reading it, Birthday she realized, Bash. wait, this is a Friday the 13th film. And then she's like, she kind of shot herself in the foot. She's like, yeah, I was in part six. They're like, uh, thank you, goodbye. <laughs> so they not, didn't cast her. Uh, and speaking of, like, uh, we always, I always mention usually when we talk about these films how nowadays the gore in these films, they haven't re-edited them for television since the original edits from, excuse me, years and years ago. Which, again, Walking Dead, every week, 20 times more gore than any of these films had theatrical. Of course. Excuse me, sorry. But th- more so than any Friday film, this one was butchered by the censors. Re- I think they went back and forth nine or ten times. Mm. Like, nope, cut this, cut this. And again, we're in the final analysis, we're talking like seconds, like split yeah. seconds. Like, oh, you can show the knife hit, but you can't show it sitting in there. And like all that kind of bullshit. What does it fucking matter? They had some enemies up at the... Uh... Yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, John Carl Buechler has publicly fumed many times over the years while he was still alive about the number of edits required uh, to avoid an X rating. You know Mm. what? It would seem to me at this point, just release it as an X to generate more hype about it. That's true, because you know it's not going to make a bunch of Like the the Friday film, they don't want you to see, oh shit, it's rated X? I, I didn't see the last five. Let me go see this one. What's the big deal? Full frontal on those campers. (laughs) (laughs) 
But oh, here we go. It had, actually, it was nine. It had to be submitted nine times to the MPA before granting an R rating. And it's uh, considered pretty much the most heavily censored entry in the entire series. Uh, and the only way to see the film uncut is to score the early 1989 Dutch release on VHS, which is incredibly oh. rare. Uh, in fact, but if you go to YouTube and on the DVDs, they have like the uncut footage. And again, mm-hmm. we're talking split seconds here and two, three seconds, but it is VHS quality. There's no, you know, unless somebody has them locked in a vault somewhere, the foot, this footage is, does not exist except in that completely grainy VHS quality. Yeah. So there's no way to like go back and do a director's cut or an uncut version. Cause as you're seeing right here, that's, that's what you have. That's the exact, even the little, our little thing, <laughs> that little filter that goes yeah. on, it's still bad. It's bad, bad quality. Does not. I mean, you can you get the gist of what they cut, but it does not doesn't do anything. I think this is the one where he gets the axe in the face. Those are not our effects on this video playing. <laughs> Those are theirs. That's how bad like it is. You can tell the difference between ours going beyond the black lines. And yeah, theirs. that's true. But yeah, we're watching this on YouTube. You can go to YouTube and search '80s Revisited Podcast, and you could see these clips as well. I welcome you to subscribe, and that URL can be a lot easier once we hit 100 subscribers over there. So help us out. Give yep. us a Christmas present. There you go. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, uh, it was originally, like I mentioned, uh, actually I kind of talked about all that Carrie stuff already, so we don't need to repeat that. Uh, yeah, I mentioned why they cast Kane Hodder. Da, da, da. Oh, the mask in this film was cast from the actual original mold as the mask from Part 3, uh, but was modified slightly to include the damage. So it's a that's how accurate this costume was to the series, which I appreciate that because you know again this is part seven. Jason's not a spring chicken. He's there's damage like he's been hitting the head with an axe, machete, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, all sorts of stuff. So yeah, as you're watching out here, like just to interrupt, like the first one was the TV or the you know the final version. This is the real version. Watch. <laughs> Oh, actually, maybe it's the next shot, but you can kind of see it on the tree, like, you know, the, where the squib hit. Maybe it's on this right. next shot. So in the original, he just does it like once, right? Yeah. And they so just show and drop. See, now in this one. Oh, wow. Good. It looks like uh, Alex like Kintner's uh, raft from Jaws when it washes up on the beach. Bloody as fuck. So, he, yeah, he hits her up against a tree for the podcast listeners about seven times. Or Which they times. reference in Jason X when he's in space when he goes to the hollow deck. Right. And it shows him literally just beating the, the person to sleep. Again, it's meta. It's meant to be It's call, They know they're calling back. That's why I like Jason X. Spoiler alert for, you know, <laughs> that podcast series in right. 20 years. Uh, but, you know, again, it it, know, it knew what it was when they made it. They said, okay, this is part uh, 10. We're going to space. Let's do it. And they went all the way with it, which is it's great that, you know, it knew what it was doing. Again, I already talked about that. We're done. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh Anyway, let me see. Oh, 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 the edges, they did trim to make the mask smaller, though, in terms of, like, its overall size, because they wanted that rotted, bloated flesh look to not be, to, to kind of be, you know, uh, haloing the mask, so to speak. So the mask is sort of like, you know, the, it's kind of sunken into the decayed flesh, mm. uh, which I think makes it look exceptionally good. I like that. I, I personally like that look for it. Uh, it was subtitled The New Blood because the intention was that Tina, a.k.a. Carrie, becomes a protagonist who would appear in further sequels. Obviously, doesn't happen. Uh, I thought this was pretty funny. Uh, while they were filming, they hired a alligator wrangler to 
keep them gators away. Mm-hmm. Well, she uh, them gators they were filming in October and November, and there are no gators in the lake around that time of year. So the dude sat there and did nothing. <laughs> Just like, oh yeah, easy gig. What are you doing? You're you're actually swimming in the lake. Ah, scaring the gators away. <laughs> you got that check for me today? <laughs> Uh, this is act, uh, Jason appears unmasked the longest in this film, which is pretty much not the whole climax, of course, but uh, the last you know four or five minutes for sure after she kind of cracks the mask off telekinetically. Uh, and this was really cool, especially because uh, there's a great document. If you like documentaries about film, which I do, and I like to plug as many of them as I can that I've actually seen that I consider worth watching. Uh, there's a documentary. I think it's called To Helen Back, the Kane Hodder story. There's search, you know, Kane Hodder documentary. Uh, but if you don't know Kane Hodder, he's a he's been a stuntman. He's always wanted to be a stuntman. He's got he's got huge fucking bowling balls for nuts. I mean he's he's done things I wouldn't like. You, I can't tell you much money they'd have to pay me to like you know hype stunts that he's done, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, yeah. but as he was doing as a young man, he was doing a like a a news crew was oh local stuntman's gonna do a, a controlled burn for us on the air. Well, it went really, really bad. Kane got burned all over his body. You know, that uh, I say typical, but when you hear stories about people that get bad burns, I mean, it's, you know, we're talking dark man level here. Not to where he's like this figure <laughs> like that, but I mean, you know, like he was in the hospital for months and months having to heal and, you know, unbearable pain. Can't even imagine, you know, because just you burn your finger and it's just like for days, you're like, God damn it, like stop yeah. hurting. You know, yeah. I can't imagine, you know, a severe burn like he had, but I mean, he was really, really bad shape. Uh, but obviously he's bounced back. Usually if you see pictures of him at conventions, he wears gloves because mm. he still has the scars and everything. I mean, he was, bur- he was burned. Go to Wikipedia. I'll tell you how much, you know, percentage of his body, et cetera. So, you know, as, as in Freddie versus Jason, where Jason's weakness is water, mm-hmm. like Kane hotter, like, you know, by all means should be terrified of fire. How about a little fire hotter? <laughs> like, no, like, no, and his name but, is hotter. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. The pun king, Jesse Sedgley. Uh But anyway, uh, but this film at the time, again, uh, May 13th, 1988, set a record for the longest uninterrupted on-screen control burn in Hollywood history. Uh, and the reason, part of that that adds to that is that in most films, when you know somebody, there's an explosion, you see it, edit, edit, cut, 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 and then all of a sudden, then, then you see scenes of somebody on fire going, ah, ah! And they fall down, you know, multiple edits, multiple angles cut. This one, they show you, they show him igniting. So you see it, the the burn is there from start to finish. Uh, and I think it was like 40, uh, 40 seconds, record setting at that time. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'd be willing to bet it's probably still up there, but I'm sure there's probably longer burns, on-screen burns sure. since then. I think that's a safe bet Methods to say. have probably improved a bit. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, alternate ending right there. Referencing the first one, uh, YouTube and Twitch can see it, but if you're listening, <laughs> more incentive to go watch this on YouTube and subscribe. But anyway, you also get to uh, get it a little earlier than uh, the podcast, I believe. Is that correct? I'm not talking on my ass. For what? The, this YouTube, like the live stuff, this is sooner than the podcast? Uh, about the same time. It's okay, going no. live on tomorrow. Never mind. I lied. I but do one after the other. God, just mere seconds. But I mean, if you want to be first on those comments, yeah, you know what to do. But yeah, so I mean, I think it's pretty impressive. Like for example, I broke my leg on roller skates. I've been roller skating one time since then. Scared the shit out of me to get on roller skates again because I did not. Did I? 
Is the possibility there? Yes. Is the probability there? Probably not. But I was just, I was so fucking scared. Hmm. I was just like, okay, you know. Because when I broke up the first time, it was a total fluke. Yeah. Just literally a fluke. But, you know, still like, get him back. Got to get back on that horse, man. <laughs> Got to get back on them skates. Roller derby's coming up. We need you. Yep. That's an it's, 80s movie. <laughs> yeah. I can't. You got to say, can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> These kids need you. Yeah. You used to be white lightning on them skates. Yeah. He's got the old skates with the white lightning boat on them. Yeah. I brought these. Yeah. Not that I guess you're going to need them. Walks away and like, look at him. You know, then the montage. Dun, 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 dun. No, actually, that's got to be a slow walk. Looking, thinking about like, then like then the, the montage of like the most horrific leg break you've ever seen. <laughs> you're just like, ah! It's like in black the, and white. Yeah, inner inner space with the kids. Like, I don't want to go to the streets again. And have to do heroin and kill people for money. <laughs> I gotta get back on those skates. Gotta get them. Well, see, it, give us money. We'll make great movies like yeah. that again. Make movies great again. It'll be fantastic. It'll be terrific. I know that's a bad impression, but so's our president. Oh, oh. what? No. <laughs> Not political, not body count, Jesse. I know you didn't see it. Would you like care to play prices right and take a guess? Six hundred sixty-six. Holy no, shit! Seven. Eh, you probably wouldn't. I would imagine the person next to you would have done that asshole thing on the prices right and going eight. Eight. No, not from last. <laughs> One dollar. <laughs> no, I need. I need a number of of kills. One dollar, Bob. <laughs> oh, okay. or Drew these days. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. One one dollar. You lose. Yeah. Uh, Sixteen. So pretty high for the film. Oh yeah. Uh, score wise, again, is this biased? Absolutely. Yeah. But as far as this series go, I would give it an appropriate seven. Okay. Not far from the five point three. Like and and again, like we, I mean, this this we are not a film podcast. Sure. We are a. Talking about fun movies from the eighties that I grew up on, and a lot, if you're listening, most likely you probably did too. Yeah. You know, and if you're if you didn't, hey, I'm glad you listened because you could hear an old person who's hopefully not a uh, you know anti millennial asshole tell you about how great things were, but also realize that you know what I understand if you know they're not so great to you. But anyway, yeah. Uh, as far as this series goes, I think it's you know I honestly don't think there's that many low points in this series because what is it? It is a 10 in, or 12 entry counting the remake in Freddy vs. Jason slasher series from the 80s that was a ripoff of Halloween. Yeah. So yeah, it really can't go low. <laughs> it can only be decent. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, nobody expected these to win anything. You know, there's no horror Oscars. Right. But it won the hearts and minds of hundreds of little starry-eyed children who would on Halloween go to Kmart and Walmart and buy hockey masks. And those oversized plastic machetes that when you swing them would whistle. Because <laughs> they're gigantic and had holes in them. So you could actually, like a fucking ocarina, play the goddamn thing or something. If it didn't, you made the noises. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, you know, in closing, I thoroughly enjoy this film. I could watch it anytime, you know, and have a good time. Is it, in hindsight, my still my, what I would say, my favorite Friday the 13th? No, that goes to six. Uh, again, as I mentioned before and on that episode, the reasons why. Yeah. But nevertheless, it's a fun film, and I think if you're a fan of it, there's a lot of podcasts out there that talk about these films a lot, of, a lot that are a lot, a lot more knowledgeable than I am. But, you know, most, most, horror fans are great for the most part. Very, you know, they, everybody likes to talk shit. But you, every now and then you get across one like, this is a garbage piece of blah, like, then why are you even fucking talking about it? 
Not just my again, just my opinion. Like, because when usually when people say they hate films, especially on podcasts, like I just didn't like it. I just thought it was dumb, and then just make fun of it. Which I can Jaws is probably one of the greatest, if not the you know one of the top three greatest films ever made, in my opinion. But mm. I can I can poke holes in it all day long. Sure, doesn't change the fact it's fucking amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, great '80s movies we make fun of a lot. Yeah, I mean any movie. Well, I'm, about talking, I'm about to talk about my ten be- my ten favorite films of the year. What I think the ten best films are, and I could have fun with all of them. Like but, movies with razor razor frisbees and <laughs> yeah, you know, we we we, love, you know, we have fun with those just as much as you know we have fun with you know the Irishman or whatever. If you want to watch the Irishman, yeah. which I haven't because I don't have four fucking hours with my goddamn baby. It took me three settings to get through it. Is it worth watching? I enjoyed it. Should I go watch Goodfellas for the fifth time or watch The Irishman? Hmm. Or do a double feature of Goodfellas and Casino? It's really good. I would watch it, yeah. Again, it's just like I would this time. And I I, pers- I I like sitting down and watching a movie. Yeah. I don't like, you know, of course, sometimes, because when you have a baby, to me, sometimes, you know, you have to break it up. But I like to, like when me and Autumn watch movies at night, it's like, okay, it's, you know, if we get the baby down by 7.30, whatever, okay, we got two and a half hours roughly, let's watch, let's see what we, let's watch this and an episode of Watchmen or whatever, or however we want to work it. Right. You know, so, uh, but when I see something that's three and a half hours. Yeah, it was, it was scary when I first saw that. I was like, oh my god. Although, my favorite film of the year, Director's Cut had a very high runtime and three hours felt like one hour, hmm. which we'll get to that right now. Actually, right after, in the real world. All right. Because this came out May 13th, 1988, five days earlier on May 8th, 1988. Uh, Robert Heinlein, one of the most famous and prolific science fiction authors, passed away to give you an idea of uh, when this movie came out. So we never got to see this. Might have been a good thing for him because he wrote mm-hmm. very, very poignant science fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he write, Trey? Uh, Stranger in a Strange Land and a little uh, ditty called Starship Troopers. Oh, speaking of films that have numerous sequels that got more ridiculous as they went on, but nevertheless enjoyable, Starship Troopers, and also the movie is pretty much nothing like the book. I was gonna say, not at all. Do you think Name he would have only. enjoyed the movie? Well, he died. Oh, oh, eighty-eight. Yes, we definitely didn't see the movie. It was ten years too late. Yeah, haha, <laughs> too late. Uh, mm. That's a joke. Uh, he was born in nineteen oh seven, though. So he, uh, you know, let's see, that was, that's what about eighty-one. He was uh, eighty. Yep. Oh, I didn't quite make it to eighty-one. But yeah, uh, his works have been adapted, adapted, adapted numerous times. Fourteen uh, times. Wow. <laughs> Did he, he do a, what's that Affleck movie? Paycheck. Was it Paycheck? Either not. Predestination was uh, by was that Ethan Hawke? Hmm. <laughs> nah. Paycheck. Well, oh yeah, the, the yeah. Affleck movie. The movie where he gets a paycheck. Let's see. Is this based on a? Oh, Phil K. Dick, wrong one, wrong, yeah. wrong prolific science fiction author. Right, right. No, that was the one where he got the. He didn't have a memory. He was like, "I got an envelope with a paperclip, a chewed up piece of gum, and a dog turd." And then as he's going through his adventure, each one has an incredible revelation. I did not see that John Woo classic. It's better than Mission Impossible too. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> but anyway, uh, not Affleck. <laughs> right. But, uh, but anyway, back to the future this week. Uh, as this is the last episode for this year, because of vacations and because I basically forgot we were supposed to record last week and went to bed, <laughs> which is why there was no episode last week, all totally my fault. Yeah, I, I got a message like at 1130. Like, like, I forgot. Oops. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, well, uh, but just to give you, uh, you know, previews of coming attractions, uh, once we come back after the new year, after we get back from vacation, uh, we'll finish out the death match. And then if you follow us on Facebook, you would have seen that we're going to go through the 80s Bond films. Yes, I did see that. So if you're a Bond fan, I got a lot to say about at least the one. I've, I've, we, I mean, Autumn's only seen like... I think the Daniel Craig one, like the ah. the last couple that have actually uh, actually you know what I think the only one she saw until we started watching them from the start was um, shit uh, Skyfall because that was the last one I saw in the theater. Uh, so I think right now we're on the uh, living no the last one we watched was Live and Let Die. So I got a few more we got to work through which oh, will give us wow. time. You started from the beginning, yeah, because I I've, I've seen most of them but I've not seen all of them and I've not seen them in order. So we're kind of going through them, but I was holding off. I mean, I still got a couple to go through to get I'll to the save 80s, my but... questions for when we get there. But yeah, it's been interesting. So you've watched about eight or nine eight of them, yeah. Wow. Yep, and uh, looking forward to getting to the eighties because you could have saw the Irishman like twice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because those you, you know I, I gave. Uh, I didn't realize this. Of course, I was watching them and then, like looking at the time. But, uh, you know, the last, all the Craig Bond films, like two plus, two and a half, ridiculously long run times for what they are. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, God, God. But then I'm watching these old ones, like, holy shit, how long is this one? 220? Jesus Christ. <laughs> God damn. The previous one was an hour and a half. Why is this one so long? But anyway, that'll, that's, again, previews of coming attractions. Uh, but for the Back to the Future segment this week, uh, now, this is subject to change after I actually catch up on some of the films I haven't seen. For example, Rise of the Skywalker hasn't come out. I guarantee you that's gonna, that would be on this list somewhere after it comes out. Uh, I didn't get to catch Dr. Sleep. Uh, haven't seen Knives Out. Uh, I've seen most of, the stuff, most of the big stuff I've caught up on. Uh, there's some, not necessarily independent films, but some lesser-known films that uh, I haven't seen yet. Uh, I haven't seen The Lighthouse yet. Um, uh High Life, I haven't seen that. It's was really good. Peanut Butter Donut. What's the name of the fucking movie? Peanut Butter Donuts. <laughs> that should be a movie. Peanut though. Butter Falcon. Uh, yeah, that's it. I haven't seen that. I really want to see that. Uh, there's another one that... Uh, oh, I think... No, no, that might have been last year. Anyway, so anyway, my personal... The 10 films this year, going to Wikipedia and looking at films released in 2019. Right. I went down the list and wrote down every one that I thought was good. And then I then went from there, like, these were the ones that I enjoyed the most. Uh, number 10, Mr. Wick, part three. Ah, Mr. Wick. Uh, John Wick 3, not as good as the second one, but I en- that type of film gets me, like, it has my attention every time. Uh, like, uh, in, in this one, you have the added ass. I mean, just, just the visual, those action sequences are the price of admission. Well, they were matched in part two because I I, lo- I I had sucked Keanu's dick and I'm not gay, you know. So like, but you could, a couple of scenes in here when the young bucks are giving him what for? There's that. You know, and I most people don't know this. I'm nit, I am nitpicking. I fully admit that because I watch Shaw Brothers martial arts movies. Like some people, I don't know, watch something that people watch a lot. I can't think of a reference. <laughs> Uh, you know, so I mean, I, I I know I'm I'm looking at very specific things when I see a hand to hand fight scene, personally, just because that's what I've you know, so I'm, I've I've trained I've been trained to do from what I've from what I like, uh, and you know, just just some uh, you know not off key moments so to speak, but just slower 
the action's like a little bit that that I'm talking quarter of a second delay for something to happen. You know, again, not talking shit about it. This is a nitpick. But yeah, John Wick number three, number ten, uh, number nine, Jordan Peele's Us. Mm-hmm. I really this was a great year for horror uh, at the, the uh, in terms of especially big or uh, widely distributed films. Uh, a lot of you know a lot of people like Get Out. A lot of people didn't seem to like Us, but I was the whole time. I'm just like, okay, what is this? Where is this going? What's happening here? And then I'm like, oh, wow, did not see that coming. But then everything, you know, it's that moment. You're the whole time. There's the last piece of the puzzle. You're playing with it every direction, and all of a sudden, click, and you're like, God damn it! <laughs> and it works. Uh, number eight. Uh, a lot of people did not like this film, but I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And that would be Glass. Uh, you know, Unbreakable was always one of my favorite Shyamalama Ding Dong films. Uh, not glad. Uh, Split comes out in that last scene. Like, holy shit, it's in the Unbreakable. You know, like, it's a tie in Unbreakable. And then they make Glass. Now, a lot of people, you know, we live in the age of the Marvel, of the superhero movie. Yeah. You know, that is, you know, it's thankfully it's slowing down, which it needed, it needs to, because, I mean, we're already at like peak, you know, it's overflowing. So I appreciate, like, the, uh, the, the groundedness of it, although again, when I say groundness, that's accepting. That's looking at this from a more realistic take than Doctor Strange. Second Doctor Strange mentioned in this podcast. Love Doctor Strange, <laughs> uh, the movie. Like a lot of people didn't like that one. Were you doing the I, Yeah, if you, <laughs> I'm opening a, a gate back home, so I don't have to drive. YouTube uh, viewers it, only get to see that. Exactly, but uh, but anyway, I like glass. Not no spoilers. I I thought it was fantastic. I thought that trilogy is a great trilogy, in my opinion. Although it might not end up being a trilogy. This Slight list is spoiler. reminding me of all the things I need to go back and watch. Yeah, I've seen a couple too that I don't even oh, think of. What you're saying? Not, oh. not this stuff. Sorry. Like some of <laughs> but, this stuff is like. A lot of it's releasing net, like right now. A lot of stuff you right. that's or like you know limited release right now because they're prepping it for award season. They want to make sure it's yeah. fresh in the minds for award season. But anyway, uh, glass number eight, number seven. Jesse, I recommend this one to you. Uh, yesterday, Danny Boyle's film, where everybody except a couple of people forget that the Beatles existed. Right. Uh, f- if you like the Beatles, you're gonna love it. Uh, I think, but it's it's just a good movie. It's well written, good dialogue. It's different. It's a it's a really it, the little things in it are, are what's funny because he what you know basically a dude gets hit by a bus right when a blackout hits the entire earth. He wakes up. Nobody remembers the Beatles. There's also little, there's great references like, y'all have a Coke? What's that? Right. Other you things know, were forgotten. Yeah, you know, like well. it's, it's not just everybody forgets the Beatles. Like, it's, he basically is in an alternate timeline. No spoiler uh, there. Okay. It's not, you know, just to give you an idea, but it's well acted. It's so well done. Uh, the lead guy, I forget his, what's his name? Go down so I can give him credit, please. Uh, Hamish Patel does all his own singing, and I think he did a lot of his playing too. Uh, it's a, it's just a good movie. Like you know, the whole time I'm just you know, great music, obviously, and where it goes, it's just great. Had a great time watching it. Really, really good. Uh, recommend it for sure. Uh, number six, another horror movie. Uh, or most people consider consider it a dark comedy, which would technically be more accurate. But Ready or Not, with the absolutely gorgeous Samara Weaving from The Babysitter, uh, and Hugo Weaving's uh, niece. Her cousin, something like that. Right, right. Uh, and also, uh, it stars the guy from Mission Impossible. I forget his name, but Kittrick. 
Not Tom Cruise. Right, yeah, not, not, not Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible or Ving Rhames. Mm-hmm. But uh, the second he showed, that's the only thing I know this dude from, but he was Kittrick in Mission Impossible, like Mr. Hunt, your mission should you choose to accept. He's the one that he meets in the first one, and he throws the exploding gum on the aquarium window and busts and all that. But uh, he's in that. But uh, it's funny. It's entertaining. Uh, it's got some great gore, so it hits all the right keys. Uh, see a name there? I don't know. His name's an older dude. Maybe Henry Cerny, maybe. I don't know. Something like that. One of them. <laughs> I want to see this big picture, I can tell you. Yeah, that's him. Okay. Yeah, because there, there's Mission Impossible right there. Okay. But uh, Brady or not, it's it's fun. Autumn even liked it, and she's not, you know, usually doesn't uh, like kind of uh, silly. It's that, actually, you would like, uh, I heard board games would right. it'd be a great board game film because it's about a, that's kind of the premise. It's a board game, yeah. Sort Family. of. It ties into that. They explain Which that. Which means it's a complete work of fiction because exactly. no board gamers get rich unless you're, <laughs> you know, unless you're Milton Bradley or what's the other one? Hasbro. Uh, yeah, John Hasbro, I think, and yeah, John, Mr. Milton Bradley. The Hasbro family. Uh, and Richard Playschool. I don't know. Didn't Playschool do Play-Doh? I don't know. Or John Play-Doh? I don't know. Hell anyway, uh, number five, Avengers Endgame. Yes, because that was the culmination of 10 years of movies right. into one Had to be film done. that was absolute. Whether you like them or not, that film was amazing. Uh my only complaint is they had it set up for Cap to deliver one of the greatest lines in comic book history, and they didn't do it. Only What's that? Uh, when it's just when basically Thor's down, Iron Man's down, and it's just Cap talking to Thanos, and he's like, "You're going to die." I forget the line that what they say, but it has that great shot because the Russos have a great eye for that kind of action. Mm-hmm. Long shot, Thanos over here, very west, like symbolic of like a western. Yeah. You know, the shadow, more of the shadows moving. Thanos is over here. Cast over walks, you know, walking up to him like <sighs> right before the gates open, and all, everybody comes back after the right. All the reinforcements come, and the Avengers assume you know the part that makes everybody pee a little in their pants and get super excited. But in the in in the, the Infinity Gauntlet comic, Thanos has just killed literally like and not not so much a snap, but I mean he's. He's killed Thor. He's killed Iron Man. Killed Spider Man. He's killed ev- like just brutal. He's murdering everybody, and uh, Captain America's left. Yeah, basically a man that's super. You know, he's not Superman. He's still Captain Fucking America. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, he's not the Hulk. You know, he walks right up to Thanos's face and says, "And I know this because I've read this comic mm-hmm. so many times. Because it's a goddamn iconic moment." And he says, as long as one man stands against you, Thanos, you will never be able to claim victory. I've seen that. And Thanos yeah. goes, noble sentiments from one who is about to die. And he literally just backhands him and kills him. Yeah. But it's it, it's the Cap, Captain America watched. He knows he's he knows he can do it, but he walks right up to this fucking face and tells him off before he dies. Incredible. And a con- when, like that's just, like just like, holy shit. Yeah. And of course, I guess they didn't use that because they would have expected Captain America to die at that point. Which I I was thinking that going not the end game, but um, Infinity War, because all the trailers had that scene where like Thanos is gonna come out Cap, and he like had that scene where he like catches the gauntlet, and it's like, and you're like, right? Oh, what's gonna happen here? <laughs> yeah, but they had it set up to deliver again one of the most iconic comic book moments. I mean, gotta be top five. Honestly, uh, it's a nitpick. It still was great. The, it didn't detract, but it, the comic book geek in me was like, oh, God, they're going to like, oh, 
This is going to be good. And it's just like, you know, it still was good. Don't get me wrong. But as the com- again, the comic book person fan of me wanted, fanboy wanted that to see that moment on the big screen. Yeah. But nevertheless, that was number five. Number four, I believe I mentioned it before, Little Monsters on Hulu. With uh, Peter Lepong. I still didn't go Lepongo. back after Halloween to watch that. Oh, God, it's so good. It's, it's a, it's a, I mean, I guess you can consider it a dark comedy, but it's, you know, it's a zombie. I mean, would you say Shaun of the Dead's a dark comedy? Or just a horror comedy, I guess, would be, I mean. Dark comedy, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this is oh, pretty right. much it. It's, but it is, it's fantastic. You'll laugh, you'll cry, comedy you'll tear Comedy horror? Up. Yeah, that's, I mean, it works. I mean, it's fine. I mean, this, it's a... It's a little more lighthearted than something like, you know, I don't know, what, what like a dark comedy, like a... Yeah, dark comedy has, like, the undertones of darkness, whereas, like, so a much. comedy horror is yeah more just funny horror. It seems like, like what's considered a dark comedy, though, is typically more, not so much horrific, but more like, we just killed this guy, we gotta do something, I don't know what we gotta, you know, and then hilarity ensues, or, you right. know, or, or uh, something like that. So definitely, I, you know, and along that line, so we just said, you're definitely a horror comedy, but Little Monsters, it's, if you have Hulu, it's free. It's fantastic. It's rated well, you're R. You're paying for it, is what it is. I mean, you're, and you're, you're technically paying for it, but I mean, it's there if you, most right. people subscribe to several streaming services. Sure. But uh, it's there. It's great. IMDb gives it a 6.3. I'd say it's a 8.3. I thoroughly, like, I didn't expect much. I just saw the trailer, like, oh, this look, I, lo- I love the cast. But the movie's just great. Uh, it reminds me of the men who stare at goats, and right. that's because I'm a Star Wars fan. That's all I'm saying. So there you go. If you when you watch it, you'll get exactly what I mean. Top three, my personal three favorite films of the year because I'm one of the greatest film critics of all time. Just kidding. Number three, just saw this the other day. Once upon a time in Hollywood, absolutely fucking fantastic. Yeah, I still need to see uh, it. It's it's so good. Uh, Hateful Eight is still my favorite Tarantino film, but this one, the the man just writes the best fucking dialogue, and like, and the direct the the combination the writer director combination that that he is, there's nothing like it. I mean, it is so. It's you don't even it, when you watch a like for me, not everybody's because not everybody likes Tarantino. When I'm watching, when I was watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I forgot I was watching Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, and that, and in my opinion, that's not an easy thing to do because two of the biggest actors in the fucking world. Yeah, and I'm just like, wow, that's Jack Dalton. That's not Leonardo DiCaprio. That's mm-hmm. Jack Dalton. How's Jack Dalton gonna get out of this one? I hope <laughs> he makes it. You know, like, oh shit, he's talking to you know. Uh, it's just, it's just great, and only Tarantino could have made this movie. And every, every act, I mean, God, the last 10 minutes, oh my God, it's so good. It's just, it's so entertaining. A smile on your face, like, it's a worried smile. Like, oh, like I, I really like the, a lot of these people in this film. I hope nothing bad <laughs> happens to them. Uh, but it's, it, it, it is, it's, you know, vintage is like, it's the wrong word, like, uh, dictionarily or however you want to put it, but it, it, when you watch it, you'll know exactly what I mean. Yeah. It's vintage Tarantino in terms of the film itself. Like, it's mm. just, it's fa- fan-freaking-tastic. However, I do think two films, if I had to pick, affected me, or, you know, once upon a time, I'm still fresh in my head. Like, I haven't, yeah. like, thought about it. You know, I, I think about it because it's hilarious and it's great. But uh, number two for me was Joker. 
what's more to say? I mean, people talk about it all the time. Great. I mean, acting, everything, just the ride that Joaquin takes you on on that film is just like, is absolutely mesmerizing. Uh, you know, I, for, I, I forgot I was watching the, you know, a, a basically a comic book movie. Yeah. Because it's not a comic book movie. You know, people say, oh, The Dark Knight, you know, Dark Knight's not a comic movie. It's a crime. You know, it's heat. It's heat with superheroes. You know, you kind of forget that you're, you know, in this, until, he, you know, he put he, the end where he's like, can you call me, you know, he's putting on the makeup again. And it's like, oh, wait, th- yeah, this is a, you know, I thought I was, I was confused at what I was watching or, or forgot, excuse me, that's not right, right? But I was like, wow, like what, you know, I, I forgot, I, I, this is a comic, this is a DC movie? Like, Jesus, like, wow. And of course, it goes on to make over $1 billion at the box office and they want to make a sequel, but uh, Todd, Todd Phillips, like, like, we don't really want to do a sequel. Thank you. Please don't make a sequel because no, like this, uh, it, it runs everything. Oh, it made money. Yep. We have to do a sequel. We got to get walking. And they will put a shit ton of money in front of them because even if it makes half a billion, half of what the first one made, they'll consider it worth it. Yeah. You know, so, but could they make a good sequel? Yeah, I mean that's definitely possible. So, oh, it's so good. I know, but I'll, I'll be, this is a movie that I will not watch it often. I might watch it once or twice the rest of my again the rest of my life. Right, right. Like no, again, that's not knocking it, but I mean it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like not like dude, let's watch Joker. Like, nah, you know, it's like it's like hey, dude, let's watch Fight Club. Okay, I can watch Fight Club. I can yeah. watch Fight Club pretty much any time. You know, it's you know it gets really deep, but it has those moments where like it picks you up and it drops you down. Like roller coaster, Joker is a roller coaster, but it goes all oh, it goes up, 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 down, up, <laughs> and that's you know that's it's not like up, down, up, down, up, down. A it's a hell job. of a ride, but it, it again, that's not a knock against it's it. There's there's many a fantastic movie that I would say are some of the best movies ever made that I would not, you know, some of them I don't even need to watch again. Uh, but anyway, to keep everybody out of suspense, my personal the movie that I still fucking think about. And just creeps me out sometimes, and just I, I just literally just think about it randomly, and that's Midsommar. Uh, hmm. It's basic, and to not give anything away because I don't know anything about it. All I know is that this is Ari Aster's new movie. He did Hereditary. Uh, it's kind of like The Wicker Man. That's all I knew going into it, hmm. and it is a masterfully directed film. It is a masterfully acted film. Uh, it is a horror film. That takes place pretty much completely in the daylight. Wow. Now, when I say horror, I'm not talking about there's a killer running amok. It is a palpable sense of tension throughout the entire thing. Uh, again, there's this visual in the beginning that is fucking cr- like, I, whenever I, uh, this is in the first five, literally the first five minutes, without spoiler. Basically, some people kill themselves with, uh, putting pipe, uh, like hoses on the car exhaust and then like winding them through the house and putting them like, like in their mouths. So they basically, the whole family commits suicide. Hmm. But when like the, the, this long continuous shot following the hose, you don't know what, you know, Oh, so I guess somebody's dead. Oh, 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 it's a couple. Oh no. Goes to another room. There's the kids goes to another room. There's the, le- there's, and it's just like, and, and the score, the score for this film is phenomenal. And it's fucking. I hate it because I'll. It has the score has stings in it. Has what stings? Oh, okay. You know, 
And I'm, the first time I'm listening to it, I'm just like, God, this is this is this is great. And you know, I'm I'm relaxed because I, I like listening to film scores. I have a ton of. And all of a sudden, burn like oh fuck! Like I jumped the fuck out of my chair. Jesus Christ! The Haxon Cloak, that's the composer. But it's fan like every. This is a film. Every single aspect is amazing. And like this is, and I uh, I watched the director's cut. I haven't seen the theatrical cut because of course I have, like I said I have a baby. Haven't seen, didn't get to see it in the theater. Uh, but I mean I, th- I want to say the director's cut's like a little over three hours, like maybe three, like right at three hours. I guess would be the way to put it. Uh, but it felt like I was just like, wow, it's over already. Like, wow, it kept. Awesome. I did not. I did. I did not look away from the screen the entire time. Uh, not to heap too much praise on it, because if you say you didn't like this movie, this movie's not for everybody. Sure. I. I, compl- I This like, talking about earlier with the Friday Thirteenth series. Not everybody's gonna like this film. I can. I understand if you don't like it. After I can see why. Uh, I. The hereditary was great, but I kind of thought it was a little overrated. A little people were saying it was the scariest movie they ever seen. Like that's what drew me to it. Like people were saying it's the scariest movie. I I gotta see it because I want to. I want to watch a scary movie. Didn't find it scary because it's that that kind of movie. I don't find scary. You know, possession, ghost type yeah. movies, not my cup of tea. In terms of fear, this one is that you know again the closest thing I compare. All I'm gonna say is you know it's it has Wicker Man vibes. Not the Nicolas Cage, but not the bees! Oh, God, the bees! But the original Christopher Lee, you know, Wicker Man. Uh, and like I said, I mean, visually stunning. Like, Ari Aster is a, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his name, a great, like, he is a great director. He has, he has an eye. Uh, and like I said, the acting, everything about it is just, like, all aspects of it are just so well done. It reminds me of, uh, He's sort of like I will compare him. He's like the horror, tension, suspense version of uh, Dennis D'Avenue. But he does for sci-fi. Ari Aster does for horror and you know, thriller. Like mm. it's just, it's so int- like there's film. He does things as a director, like visually, that are unique, like completely unique to him. That like when people are tripping on drugs, instead of like having that camera mounted to their chest and they're like, Ooh, you know, running around and it's like that still finding Bigfoot cam for lack of a better word, like the subtle things he does, like, cause, uh, and this is not spoiling thing, but I mean, they go, they take, you know, they're, they're overseas and like, Oh, welcome to our village. Like here we, you know, we take this like, and they, 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 there's no subtext. It was like, Oh yes, you know, this is going to make you trip. So, you know, this is kind of what we you do here. Like, Oh cool. You know, we're going to be part of the culture, blah, blah, blah. That's not spoiling thing, but like the way it shows like the trip is like, it's, if you've ever spoke the whole bunch of we, or if you, <laughs> you know, I've never done anything harder than that. But like when you have a, you know, when you have a good experience or when you're really drunk, that kind of waviness, uh, the way it's interpreted in the film, like it captures that uh, subtly but accurately, if that makes sense, to where it's like, okay, you know, it's not it's not overdone to where um, movies like Spun or like you know any movie where somebody like takes some drugs and all of a sudden they're like you know sweating and like you know fast cuts and like just random stuff like thrown into it and stuff like that. Uh, it's just, it's so unique. Like, you can tell that there was thought put into every single frame of this film. It wasn't just, okay, we need the, we need the reaction shot of the dude over there. Hmm. Uh, let's put the camera, uh, let's put it, like, right here. No, oh, it's to have like, that kind of time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, 
this every every shot is just you just you could just tell that it wasn't it was there's skill there there's there's technique there's there's a reason for doing this shot there's a reason for the camera being at this angle you don't in my personal opinion you don't see that in you know um you know little monsters Again, love the film, but you know it's not, it's not that type of film, right? You know, you don't see it in Endgame, you don't see it in Ready or Not, uh, John Wick Three. You're seeing what's best for the action because you have continuing shots, you know. But in this film, where it's 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 tense, it's like you're just you're uneasy the whole time, but in a good way, not to where like I want this movie to end, like what's that? But it's just like you're like okay, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the perfect, honestly, here's the best way for me to put it for this film. I want to quit talking about it because I want people to watch it. Yeah. It is a perfectly escalating film of tension. There's no, no, it doesn't take you on a roller coaster. Like we were, I was saying, uh, Fight Club, for example, like, you know, you got, you get breaks in the, in the darkness of it. You know, it's not like Joker where it's going like straight down. This one's just going, tension's just going up and up and up and up. But like. Honestly, it's it's to where you don't realize how tense you are until something happens, and then it's just like Jesus Christ, <laughs> how did I how you know, like how did I get here? Uh, and that's why like I find myself whenever I see trees, like I'm driving down the road, I see the trees, like, and once you see the movie, you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, it's just like I think there's a shot in this film. Uh, I don't know if it's in more than one shot, but there's only one because I was like, that looks like, and then I go look it up on the internet after the movie. Sure enough, it was. Hmm. Uh, again, don't look, if you're if you're hearing this and like, oh, I heard about that movie. Do not do what my wife does and pull out your phone and go to Wikipedia when you hear about a movie that people are talking <laughs> about and basically read the synopsis. Right. All, again, all I knew about this film, Ari Aster, God did hereditary, it's similar to The Wicker Man. Okay. Again, I didn't expect this for me. I, I never would have guessed this would have been what I would say was the most effective film for me this year. Never would have guessed it. But after, like, like the day after, I said, Autumn, or it was like a couple days after, I said, you know, talking to my wife, I said, you know, what, what was the best film you've seen this year? And she, she didn't, she's like, Midsummer. I'm like, me too. And I don't know if that's a good <laughs> thing or a bad thing because that's just like, I still, like, I swear, like, there's just, it's haunting. It's, it's, and it, it like I said, not everybody's going to get that from it, but it sure as hell stuck with me to where I've been talking about it for 10 fucking minutes, <laughs> you know, spoiler free, by the way, for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, and again, I haven't seen, there's a, there's a lot of films I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. uh, worst film of the year, X-Men Dark Phoenix. <laughs> worst. Oh my God. As good as these 10 films that I mentioned are like, they're not even in the same sport. Wow, as Dark Phoenix. That, I still haven't seen it. It's, it's it is worthwhile. Like you should, everybody should watch it. Just to know I'm what just not like, to do. <laughs> you know, like, again, like I, brought, I think I brought it before when I, I watched, watched clips, it. and that was bad enough. You know, like how when before you the movie magic is digitally put on the film to where we get to see the cool scene of them like you know Magneto yeah. moving something and it looks great when it. There was no care taken to how these people like Fossbender, like ah, like, and Foss, Fossbender's a great actor. Even in Jonah Hex, he was a good actor. He thought he'd get the uh, support of the effects department that didn't come through. Well, I mean, he acted his balls off, but right. you know, every other like, every other aspect of filmmaking made him look stupid, like he's trying to 
lift a helicopter up. Right. You know, like a good director doesn't let that happen. <laughs> Excuse me. That's, that's not, it's just bad. It's bad, 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 bad. 120 fucking percent bad. 100, 1,020%. I mean, as much bad as you can possibly imagine. This is the, in my personal opinion, Dark Phoenix was the worst film I saw this year. Now, when I say worse, I watched it from start to finish, had a good time watching it, but that was because it's so fucking bad. <laughs> and you're watching, you know, I, again, I don't have anything nice to say about Sophie Turner except that she's pretty and she's great on Game of Thrones. She's horrible right. as Jean Grey. The dude Game of played, Thrones curse. Yeah, like we talked about that before. Uh, again, uh, McAvoy's in glass. I mean, as, and he, nobody's, uh, between McAvoy and, um, Fosman, like they're, they're not acting bad. It's not, I don't blame them because, you know, they're acting their balls off and it's just every other aspect of filmmaking is failing their performances. Mm. And, and like I said, I think I mentioned before, Jennifer, not Anna, uh, Pop. Lawrence. Yeah. Thank you. She obviously did not want to be in this film. She is talking like this the whole time. Hey, what's up? Like literally, like mon- like no, just totally lame. Jessica Chastain, overrated. Oh, uh, I always thought that. Like I, I don't. Yeah, she she got an Oscar nom for Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> Hated her in it. Mm-hmm. Let me let me phrase. I did not hate her, but it's hater because we all haters in it. Ha. Um, just not, I'm not a Jessica Chastain fan, put it that way. I'm a Bryce Dallas Howard fan. I'm not a Jessica Chastain fan. She's horrible, but without surprise to me, she's horrible in Dark Phoenix. Everybody, I mean, it's just, I'm just like, real, like, I didn't expect much after Apocalypse, you know, but at the right. same time, it's like, I mean, it's, is, is it real? Am I, is this train wreck? You know, it's a slow motion train wreck. Just, and it keeps going and going. Like, oh my God. Now, there, there, there's a couple of good, like, there's some, like, action in it. That's that's not bad. Don't get me wrong. But as a whole, it is just so bad. Go watch the X-Men animated cartoon series on Disney+. Plus. Five-episode Dark Phoenix Saga. Com- pretty much comic accurate. Better than this shit. Better than X-Men 3. The first time they tried to do a live-action Dark Phoenix. Just stay away from that storyline. Who is the X-Men's greatest enemy? It ain't the Dark Phoenix. It's man. How 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 relevant... Sorry for banging the table if people wonder what that noise was. How, and how relevant is that to, like, today? You know, like, a group of people is being hunted and persecuted against because they're different by a government that wants to do it. You know, that's it's perpetrated by... I mean, it's socially relevant. All that kind of, you know, I mean, that's that's the plot line. You think that's why X two was great because it was about men, like people being afraid of mutants. It's their greatest enemy. Dark Phoenix is like Phoenix isn't even bad anymore in the comics half the time. It's just yeah, not when I say bad, I'm talking not destroying a solar system and a galaxy, killing billions of people. Bad, right? It's not Hitler anymore. <laughs> Although it was Hitler, so we'd never forget that. Please, when somebody's possessed by the Phoenix, it it committed genocide on a galaxy scale. So don't forget that. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that was the worst. Uh, some uh, well, since we last recorded, I saw the new Rambo. It was you know Rambo alone was. It's worth watching, you know, because it's not it's not bad, but it was unnecessary. Right. Rambo or John Rambo. Cash ended, grab. 
I don't know if it was a cash grab. I guess Sloan just thought he had another story to tell, but it it, mm. it doesn't add anything except, wow, John Rambo has a really shitty life. <laughs> he gets home and has to deal with this. You know, but John Rambo ended with him coming back from Burma and, like, you know, saving those missionaries and everything. And just, you know, he came home. He finally made it home. That was the end. But now this one, he's at home enjoying his life. He can't, you know, shit happens. The legend comes home. Now, again, I don't, I'll watch another Rambo movie if he makes it. I will watch him. But again, like, I thought he ended that story quite well. Just like he ended Rocky Balboa perfectly with Rocky Balboa. And then, wisely, he didn't make Rocky, you know, another Rocky after that. He made Creed. Right. Stroke of genius, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Perfect. It's not Rocky Six. Or that would be right, uh, Rocky Seven. Yeah, it is a new franchise, but in that universe with that character, it's a marvel. He marveled it. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, and, and I mean that's so. You know, we're not we're seeing, you know, Apollo Creed's son, but we still have that tie to that universe. You know, for that because Rocky's in it, yeah. so we still get to see what happens to Rocky, but he's not the main character. Perfect way of passing the torch in a venerable franchise. Yeah. Not saying Rainbow should get home and like, oh, here's his daughter. I'm going to teach I'm you gonna, how to kill. Exactly. <laughs> I just got back from Desert Storm, Dad, and it takes place in, in the yeah. 90s or something, you know, or or uh, Iraqi, not Iraqi freedom, whatever. Uh, I don't know what they call the I mean, There's a wrong way to do it, too, which Die Hard did. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the last 10 minutes, I mean, it's, it's a horror movie. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, it's literally Stallone alone. Stallone is Jason. <laughs> he's, it's it's the, he he's Jason Voorhees, but Kevin McAllister. His, you know, he has he has his house of traps, right? You know, and it it's it, it you know I've heard people say oh it's brutal as it is. It he I mean, again it's a horror movie. The last ten minutes are a horror movie. Twenty minutes are a horror movie. Mm. It's a short film, worth watching if you like the series. But it's un, like Toy Story four. I enjoyed it. Didn't need it. Didn't miss anything by. You know, had it not come out, we wouldn't have missed anything. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. I think there was something else, a big movie. That I saw that was all. But uh, yeah, I guess that's it for this week. Uh, I did get a couple of uh, emails and comments on the um, death match, but we'll go over those next time for the death match. Episode. Yeah, so it's uh, all that information, all the death match stuff will be contained within the specific death match episodes and I don't want to sprinkle anything in here do got the bracket like we talked about it's randomized again with the winners ready to go but we'll get to that we'll finish that up as soon as I get back from vacation and then uh, early January and then so we got lots bond. of episodes planned yeah at least 10 probably yeah I mean, I mean there's, there, we still have plenty of stuff to do which is again matter of me not forgetting that oh shit it's 9 o'clock time to get over to Jesse's to record <laughs> and not remember it two hours yeah. later while I'm laying in bed Watching YouTube videos. But you can always talk to us live, twitch.tv slash 80s Revisited, where if you have these emails you're sending, just come here and live chat with us to change the outcome of those fights. Well, of course, the downside of that is all our good email friends are... Well... <laughs> and it's tomorrow for one of them, and the other ones right. are sleeping. Yeah. In uh, good old uh, UK and Tasmania. Yeah. Uh, Stay up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But anyway, agevisit.gmail.com uh, is the email address. Uh, don't forget our friends at the Something Something Podcast Network. You mentioned the Twitch and everything. Uh, I Heart Board Games on Twitch as well. Uh, Insta I haven't posted anything on there. 80s. 
80s underscore revisited. revisited. Although I'm going to visit my parents in California, I will be going to some sightseeing stuff. And when I go, I'm not going to Hollywood Boulevard. I done did that shit. Going to a couple of iconic movie locations. Uh-huh. So I will attempt to be sure and over the process of making sure I get a good picture of it. And I picture my daughter in front of these, some of these iconic locations to also take one to put on Instagram so you can see some of the how some of uh, the famous movie sets or uh, iconic locations from some films, including one from this franchise, Friday the 13th. If I can get to it, <laughs> we'll send you some pictures of it. So follow us on there. Uh, have a safe and wonderful new year. Thanks for sticking with us for another year. Uh, happy holidays. Uh, happy new year, all that shit. Uh, Happy yeah. Boxing Day. Yeah, Boxing Day, Kwanzaa, <laughs> Hanukkah. Seems like I'm missing one. Probably missing a lot. Yeah. Winter Solstice. There you go. Whatever, you know, all of them. So that's why. Happy Holidays. Covers yeah. them all. Yeah. So, anyway, until next year, I will hopefully remain Trey Harris. Wait, that, you're pointing at me like I, I forget. No, something? I was pointing at the camera. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'll take it back. That was done. Let's do it again. So until next year, I remain Trey Harris. This is our Jesse Sedgley. (laughs) Galbunga! Happy Merry New Year! (laughs) That's right. We in there.